we are back with another episode of blitz business i hope you will enjoy this podcast hi ashraf thank you so much for joining us at blitz business it's a pleasure to have you hi ashish i'm um, i'm looking forward to the conversation and thank you so much for having me on the program wonderful so uh, let's get started so ashraf if you can tell us a little bit first about yourself uh, and then we'll talk about your venture sure um so uh my journey starts as a uh, i'm a second generation immigrant to the united states my parents were originally from um northern india and they moved in the 60s i was born in india uh, in moradabad and i um I grew up in in a small town in the Midwest in in Iowa in the United States and and then I um I went to college in the East Coast <clears throat> at the Wharton School and uh and I started my first business right out of school so I feel like I've uh, I've been preparing in some ways my entire life for what um Gilded is today in that um um I have both a business connection to what we're doing as well as a personal connection and uh maybe first as the business connection and I'll talk about the personal connection um so my business connection I I spent about 30 years on Wall Street uh I worked at um more than half of those years 17 years at uh Credit Suisse Swiss Bank and UBS the three big Swiss banks and I had the good fortune of running some pretty large businesses emerging markets FX um the fixed income uh repo business for credit products and I was also the global head for global metals and commodities businesses most of the time I was based in London although I was spent a fair bit of time in New York as well and uh so I I I got a pretty good experience of uh of dealing with major central banks the biggest producers of commodities in the world um Uh, as well as um investors from hedge funds to endowments to foundations and then after i left uh, ubs i started a a a asset management firm which uh, was focused on commodities which grew into a multi-billion dollar firm um so that's that's sort of my business background and there we dealt with all the major players like schwab and wells fargo us trust big endowments and foundations and pension funds my personal connection is is interesting in that um when i was a little kid i remember my parents used to send money back home to their family and um you know i remember that time as being my dad telling me that the rupee back then was 7 and 1/2 rupees to the dollar and the gold price was around 35 dollars to the wow. ounce and of course today you know is a slightly different world almost you know 50 years late it's 50 years later the rupee mm. is about 74 rupees to the dollar and the gold price is 1725 dollars to the ounce and it's been as high as 2000 so so we're in a very very different world and i think as uh, my professional experience and my personal journey kind of shows me that that gold has been a tremendously good asset for not only indians but uh for investors all over the world and that has has protected uh and has served as a store of wealth or store of value for people for for generations and uh, as currencies have devalued as inflation has eaten away at your savings um gold has appreciated and so so all of those kind of uh experiences that that professional experience that personal experience 
and that touch really made me think about it, that how could I make it easy for not just Indians, but for people all over the world, um, make it easy for them to access that asset that they always want, which is gold as, as a store of value, but let's make it available to them on a simple use. Let's, let's use 21st century technology of a mobile phone and a, and a, um, and a uh, smart you know, a mobile phone and a app and, and even blockchain to be able to you know, preserve and show that you have the immutable right and ownership to that asset. And so what Gilded really does is it makes um, physical ownership of gold functional and we do that by making that physical gold um, digital, mobile, and usable, um, just like money, but being able to do it all with the convenience of a smartphone or a mobile app. So it's like a bond, if I can say so. <clears throat> no, I would say it's not like a bond. I would say it's, mm -hmm. it's much better than a bond, actually, because a bond is a liability of somebody. Um, hmm. So that's, that's what a bond is. It's, it's like a loan. Um, right. to an organization or a company or, or even a, um, a government, right? So government bonds mm. are, are basically a loan to the government. In fact, it's, it's, it's not a bond and it's not a IOU like a deposit in a bank. Mm -hmm. And it's also not cryptocurrency or a stable coin, which are, you know, some, you know, stable coins means that there's usually some sort of packaging of holding some sort of asset in a bank or something like that. And of course, the cryptocurrency is something that could be make up, made up as a digital asset. It's, I think it's better than all, all of those in the sense that first, it's real physical gold that belongs to you. It's your title. It's your property. And so that's very important in that in every, um, every bar of gold we sell, you can see <clears throat> right on the mobile app the exact bar that you own, the serial number, the certificate of authenticity. Always the gold comes from a Swiss refinery, and then it's stored for you in Switzerland. Um, in the coming months, I hope to be able to roll out additional features where we'll be able to hold it, for example, in, in India, in uh, Sri City, in the free zone, or in Singapore, or in Dubai, or in London, or New York. But for the time being, in our early stage where um, <clears throat> it's, it's held in uh, Brinks vaults in Zurich, which means mm -hmm. it's fully insured, it's independently audited, um, mm -hmm. both the gold in the vault as well as um, your ownership and your title and property are in independently audited. And okay. uh, you can see all of that information right from your mobile app uh, as well. So, um, so I think I'm excited about mm -hmm. it in that it offers you lots of features that mm -hmm. things like a bond or an IOU or cash deposit mm -hmm. in the bank doesn't, gives you all the benefits of owning that physical gold. And of course, the nice thing is that <clears throat> you can always sell it anytime you want, 24-7. And so right. you can do everything from the comfort of your home, which, of course, you know, this uh, COVID situation, of course, has made, made us all aware of the so, importance of having convenience. Mm -hmm. Right. So uh, that's very interesting, uh, interesting, Ashraf. So walk us through, you know, when a transaction happened, what happens at the back end, actually, you know, if someone is buying gold, uh, so definitely everything is getting ref uh, reflected. You have the serial number and everything is going. But what is the operation or what is the back end looks like? How does it happen uh, at your back end? Yeah, that's a that's a good question, Ashish. So so it's it's a pretty simple transaction. The the journey for the user is 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 quite easy, uh, and we've intentionally designed it to make it such that you can do it in a matter of minutes. So the journey begins with 
um, the download of the uh, of the app from either the Google Play Store or from the Apple Store. Um, so that's easy to do. You can download it in a matter of seconds. And then you can create an account relatively quickly. So all you need is your name, a phone number from, um, and then um, your email address. So those three items are required. And uh, once you provide that, we send you typically a, uh, we're gonna send you a six digit code, which will verify who you are. And, uh, and then it'll allow us to do a few checks on the phone to make sure that you know, you're in India and it matters um, which country you're in because that, that is about not only the experience, but various other obligations we have to perform. Um, so now once you've done that, you're all set up and you're, um, you have access to the app and the app provides you live real-time pricing from the international market, um, from London Marketplace. Um, because everything we're doing is based on London or Zurich prices. And so you can see those prices and you can see news on a real-time basis. Sure. You can see lots of information. And then once you're ready to make a purchase, you can just put in, I want to buy, let's say, you know, 10 grams. Um, you'll get it in the rupee amount. And mm -hmm. then you can use a simple debit card or credit card. And in a matter of uh, minutes, you can make a purchase. The only other requirement is that we do have an obligation under Swiss and Jersey Channel Islands, which is where we're set up, law that we must collect KYC AML information. Right. So a simple KYC AML is performed where you take a selfie and uh, you know you pro provide your Aadhaar details and you're, you're good to go. Um, so that takes just seconds typically. Um, and then um, you're able to make the purchase and then we, we source the gold directly from the Swiss refinery. And within a few seconds, you'll see the bar that you have acquired, whether it's fractional, so you could own one gram, as little as one gram out of a 1,000 kg bar, or uh, oh, sorry, 1,000 gram bar, which is one kg, or you could own, you know, um, you know, 10 or 50 or whatever you like. Um, and of course, we show you that picture of the bar and the um, certificate of authenticity, as well as the blockchain reference. And, uh, and so that now becomes your property, your asset. And of course, you can see the real-time price, so you can sell it anytime you like. We also have the ability to gift, so you could send it to your friend. So for things, for example, for Diwali, if they're also on the network, you could send it to them as a gift, which is obviously it's coming up, so it's pretty relevant. Um, and then the last piece, which I think is important to highlight, is that, um, is that um, everything is 24-7. So you're, there's, the market doesn't sure. close. You can, always, you can always buy and you can always sell. And so you always have liquidity. And in fact, what we do is that if you do sell, we're able to send it right back to your bank account, which you provide. And, and we use the uh, Paytm gateway in order to deliver those funds back to you. Sure. So a couple of questions coming to my mind. The first is in terms of, so what is your uh, replenishment cycle? I mean, when you procure, when someone buys a gold, so at your back end, uh, how much time it usually takes for you to procure physical gold? That's point one. And second is you mentioned blockchain. So uh, is it uh, because it's not a public, uh, I mean, I could be totally wrong. It's not a public market transaction. I mean, uh, uh, what is the relevance of having a blockchain in this particular aspect to make it clear to all our listeners? Yeah, sure. So those are two good questions. So let's let's uh, let's let's answer both. So first is the procurement. Procurement. So so the procurement is pretty easy in that we constantly have uh, 
some supply of gold available at all times. And so that's why we can make it happen instantly. So typically, so at the moment, for example, we have well over $10 million worth of gold at any given time that we hold um, that's available for purchase. So so that's that makes it instant. And we have it in, actually, we have mm -hmm. it right now in Zurich and in New York, and soon we'll have it in different locations. So that makes it important. That's important because we need to the, the, the transaction to be instantaneous and you don't want to wait. So you right. don't want to be waiting a day or two days or that doesn't really advance the cause, right? You can go to the store in a few hours and, and we don't want you to be wasting that time. We want you to be getting instantaneous gratification that you've now purchased and at the price that you want. Um, so that's the first thing is that there's always mm -hmm. supply. We, we can never not have the product. Um, so we okay. always have a capacity. So that's item one. Mm -hmm. um, second item is, is a good question about the blockchain. So we use Hyperledger, which is one of the biggest blockchains in the world. You're right. It's, it's mm -hmm. not a public chain. It's used by big companies like Walmart and Amazon and Maersk and, and many others, IBM, Intel. Um, and the reason we use that is, is, is very important is that it's a permission chain. And what that means is that it, um, it's, it's set up such that only those people who are on, <clears throat> who are on the network, excuse me, mm -hmm. can transact amongst each other. And so that's very important because in public chains, there's two, um, big issues that you have to contend with. So one is someone could, if they hack your account, et cetera, they could send something off the net or, you know, to someone else and you won't be able to retrieve it. So that's right. a real big concern that is there on a public chain. The second big concern is the uh, ESG concern. These proof of work and mm -hmm. proof of stake uh, chains are very, very expensive to the environment in terms of their carbon production, et cetera. So mm -hmm. a, a permission chain doesn't suffer from either of those. Plus, in our case, because you are the owner, direct owner of the gold, of course, no one could hack it and steal your gold because it's in the vault. And of course, mm -hmm. even then, it's still fully insured to the full amount of the gold that you own, regardless if it's $60 equivalent or $60 million uh, equivalent. So, so that's very important. The, the last piece is because of that permission chain, that makes it possible for us to operate in these various, uh, in Switzerland and the other environments so that that's safety for the client in that, mm -hmm. you know, you're getting directly that Swiss gold, your title, your property, and it's independently audited. And so other parties aside from Gilded, so our auditors have access to this information. So one of the things that you don't have to worry about is what if Gilded doesn't, doesn't exist? In fact, mm -hmm. if Gilded doesn't exist, there's other parties who know that it belongs to you, including the administrator, including the auditors. And so you're not in the same place that, of course, a lot of people have faced this is that, you know, banks fail every day or Absolutely. institutions fail. And then when they do, you become caught up in a bankruptcy situation. Hmm. Here, we're leveraging the power of, of, of English common law and something called bailment. So bailment is spelled B-A-I-L-M-E-N-T. And the best way to describe what bailment means is think about if you um, uh, go to a restaurant and let's say you go to the coat check and you give them your coat. It doesn't mean that you've given that person your coat. It means they're holding it for you until you return, which could be later in the day when you're done with your dinner or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. And so this is how commodities 
all over the world have moved for hundreds of years, which is that typically the owner of the commodity doesn't actually possess it. And so someone else is taking care of it while it's moving. So think about the grain, for example, that's moving in parts of India or let's say moving from even from the U.S. all the way to China. Many parties are involved through the trucking, through the railroads, right. through the barges to move it. And so they're all under bailment, which is a legal contract, which means that it is not the property of that person. And so the same applies here in gold. The gold is your property and your title. It is not our property and it's not the property of Brinks. We're holding it for you and it belongs to you. And in a bankruptcy, it's still your title and your asset. And so you're very well protected, um, which is far greater than what you have in terms of in the banking or through other financial markets or securities in that way because of the legal law. And so you can Google that and look that up. It's a very well-established law that's been around for hundreds of years and it's how all commodities work. And it's specific to commodities and physical assets. It does not mm -hmm. apply in financial assets. Got it. I think wonderfully explained, Ashraf. I think it makes things much more clearer. Uh, and it's a very fascinating model. So I'll come back to it uh, in a bit. Uh, uh, so I wanted to ask you, uh, what was the reason or how did the transition come from being in corporate and to becoming an entrepreneur, starting something of your own. Uh, what was the motivation or uh, what led you to start this particular venture? Yeah, it's a great question, Ashish. So, um, so my first journey as an entrepreneur actually happened right out of the Wharton School. So I graduated and um, um, my first job was to start a company with three friends that I went to school with. And we started trading um foreign exchange derivatives in Philadelphia. And then it, our firm grew and expanded into New York and Chicago. And um, after a few years, we merged with a bigger firm. We, we were about a dozen people. There were 50. That firm became <clears throat> today now is one of the largest independent trading firms in the, in the world. <clears throat> they have over 3000 traders across the world um, called Susquehanna Invest Management, uh, Susquehanna Investment Group. And so I was there in the early days. And then after that, I went to um, Credit Suisse and then Swiss Bank and UBS, as I mentioned, and spent a long time there. And then after I left UBS in 2008 um, and I moved back from London to the U.S., I started my second firm called Summerhaven Investment Management, which uh, was started in the great financial crisis in 2009. And that grew to be a multi-billion dollar um, firm that um, you know dealt with lots of clients all the way from major inst financial institutions to um, family offices, endowments, and foundations, and pension funds, uh, not just in the U.S., but ac across the world. And, uh, you know, that was a good, successful venture. We were pretty good at what we did. We had very strong performance relative to our benchmarks. And uh, then I got very interested around 2016 in... Um, in digital assets, I, uh, I, I we started attending some events that um, both were blockchain events and cryptocurrency events, and I was particularly fascinated with blockchain, um, perhaps a lot more so than cryptocurrency because I saw that as the foundation of of uh, the importance of trust and immutability and being able to share information in a safe, secure way with multiple parties. Um, I thought that could be really, really big, sort of like what the internet has become. Um, and I was very familiar with it because as a 
manager of assets for lots of clients, we had to share various kinds of information with certain clients, but it shouldn't be shared with other clients because it was it was personal to them. So, you know, think about your health insurance, for example, or a lot of things about your personal life, whether it's your car, your house, it's information that's specific to you. And so, of course, we had information that was specific to various clients and we need to be able to share that. And I thought blockchain was a great way to be able to do that in a safe, secure way on a client by client basis. So I got pretty excited about that. And uh, in fact, then uh, as I started going to some of these events, I hear, heard all these people talking about digital gold. And I thought, well, you know, what they're really talking about is cryptocurrency. I get the digital part, but I didn't really see the gold part. And uh, so as I reflected more on that, I thought, well, I think uh, gold is the most widely held financial asset in the world. Almost everybody who's Indian and Chinese owns it. Most everyone who's Southeast Asian does. Uh, most people in the Middle East do. And uh, most people in the world own it in some way, shape or form, either through jewelry or through direct investments in the bars or coins or through even in ETFs or you know gold bonds, for example, in India. And so I think, you know, easily four or five billion people on the planet own it. And if they don't own it, they'd like to own it. Um, so mm -hmm. I thought this is difficult. This is an asset that's difficult to own. Um, personally, it, it, it's fraught with risk that if you hold it in your house, it could be stolen. So what if we could merge 21st century technology with the 35 to 100 years of history that gold has as the ultimate store of value and make it easy for people to live in this digital economy where we can make it possible for them to have that mobility, that functionality and usability of the asset while doing it all from their smartphone. So how do you differentiate Ashraf in terms of, you know, um, there are a couple of cryptocurrencies which has come into the picture, for example, the gold-backed cryptocurrency. So how is it different from uh, digital gold? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. So the difference between a stable coin or gold-backed stable coin and what we're doing is, is the ownership and legal title. So in the case of Gilded, the ownership and legal title belongs to the customer. In the case of a stable coin or an ETF, the ownership of the uh, asset belongs to the vehicle or the fund or the company that's operating the platform and not to you. You become the owner of the stable coin, not the gold. You become the owner of the ETF, not the gold. You become the oh. owner of the gold bond, not the gold. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. this is material difference and it goes back to what we talked about earlier about the concept mm -hmm. of bailment in that you are protected because it's your title, your property, your asset. So it's just like your your bicycle, your scooter, your house, etc. This is your asset and your title. And that's what this gold is that you're buying from Gilded as opposed to the other sources where you're not actually getting the gold directly. Oh, really fascinating. Uh, uh, so moving on, uh, Ashraf, so... How do you so do you believe in cryptocurrency? I'm very fascinated to know your opinion about uh, uh, what is what what is your take on cryptocurrencies? Yeah, so my belief is this is that um, freedom from fiat is a choice that every person should have. And uh, you know we're not a cryptocurrency as we've already discussed. Again, we're mm. not giving you some digital asset that's made up and and, and uh, you know, of course, there's um, there's over 11,000 cryptocurrencies listed on CoinMarketCap these days and 
there's over 60, 70,000 cryptocurrencies in the world. Um, in, in the entire world these days, there's about 180 currencies. Um, you know, the history of currencies and uh, uh, of all types is that um, most currencies eventually die or they fail or they devalue. All currencies devalue. Um, so the thing that gold has to offer, which nothing else does, it's, it's unique. It's one of a kind. There's only one gold. <laughs> you know? And um, there aren't a hundred variations of it. There's one gold and everybody in the world knows what it is and understands the value of it. It has mm -hmm. stood the test of 3,500 years of human history. And I think it will outdate all currencies as well. Um, governments can, of course, print more currency. It's easy. It's a simple printing press. It costs, you know, uh, very, very little money to print another, um, you know, 10 rupee or 100 rupee bill or a $1 bill. So, you know, governments can always devalue their currencies and inflation is constantly eating away at the assets of, of, common, of the common man and, and uh, every man and woman out there in the world. So, so what I believe is that people should have freedom of choice. And I believe that everywhere in the world, um, people have the right legally to own um, gold. That doesn't ne isn't necessarily applicable for all the other assets. For example, some cryptocurrencies or many cryptocurrencies are banned in certain countries, or in um, and that's mm -hmm. growing. Um, so I think uh, I think gold serves the purpose very well. It has, um, but it's really not about one or the other. It's really about freedom of choice, which is I believe in, and I think people have chosen to own gold for thousands of years, and I believe they can will continue to. Our mission here is about how do we make that physical gold functional and make it usable, um, just like money, and we do that by leveraging 21st century technology to make it, you know, digital, mobile, and usable, so that you're not um, you're not having to suffer from the fact that it, it's as some people view it a very expensive and beautiful paperweight. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, uh, so let's, let's dive deeper into um, uh, this particular piece. So Ashraf, what is your business model? I mean, if I look from uh, the consumer standpoint, right? I mean, um, a single individual might do a couple of transactions in a year or it's not a transaction heavy, heavy business, right? Not like a, a stock market, right? So how, what's your current business model? Are you still identifying or it's based on per transaction or, and the second part is where do you see uh, moving forward in this segment? How do you plan to grow further? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question, Ashish. So our business model is very simple. So uh, first uh, we, we charge, um, we charge two sets of fees really for most clients. So one is that when you make the purchase, we charge a small fee to take that gold and make that a physical instrument that becomes your title and your property. Mm. And so that's typically one, 1%. One and then there's a half a percent bid ask spread in terms of the price. So all in you pay maybe a one and a half percent in fees. Mm -hmm. And now it becomes your gold, your title, your property. And then we charge, Depending on the amount you have, we charge between 50 and 100 basis points typically um, for storage and auditing and validation, et cetera, uh, and, and uh, upkeep and all of that of 
the gold that's on the network. In India, actually, we waive those charges. It's free for storage at this point in time. Um, so that's the core business model. Um, it's important, I think, to highlight that we we don't we don't charge um, we don't charge for anything else, and we don't charge, for example, if you send a gift for Diwali, as I mentioned, you can send it to another person who's also on the network, similar to WhatsApp, right? If they're not on the network, you can send them a, a notification, notification, they can join the network, you can send it to mm -hmm. them for free, and you can do it instantly. Also, I think what's important is that we don't encourage active trading because it's not a trading application, it's about mm -hmm. a store of wealth. It's about how you can save for your future. And I'm a big believer that the more actively you trade, the more likely it is that you're losing money or you're paying additional fees and those fees start to add up over time. And so it's really about giving you access to that asset that you want. And, and, you know, as we've discussed many, many times before um, in various podcasts, I've talked about the fact that gold is, is a very safe asset when other assets, financial assets like stock markets fall, gold typically rises. It has done well in terms of store of value. It has appreciated over 50 years. We already talked about how the price of gold has rallied significantly. And I think this will continue to happen over the years to come. So it's really about store of value and store of wealth and not about a trading application at the end of the day. So this is where you save your money and, and, and accumulate wealth for the long, long run. And that's, that's what we want that to be. So can an individual take a loan against the digital gold? Is it possible? Great question. So I'm working on it. Um, right now you can't, but it's something that I'm working on and I hope to, hope to be able to offer that that soon. Um, but you certainly have, as we've discussed, you can sell it um, instantly, anytime, 24-7. Um, so there's always the ability to, which I think is important, right? If we think about uh, some of the learnings from the COVID crisis, what we've learned is that um, um, you know, sometimes having that convenience of being able to do things from your own home is very, very important. And look, we're doing a podcast today where you and I are uh, eight, uh, nine and a half hours apart by time zone, and we're not meeting each other, but we're able to do this. So being able to leverage technology to make things easier is, of course, becoming an important part of our way of life. So when do you say, uh, when you say 24 by 7 transaction, so who's the buyer on the other side? Uh, it's, uh, it's you guys or how does it work? That's right. So we, it's, 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 it's us, but it's also the London marketplace. So we, we have direct access into the London marketplace and Zurich mm -hmm. marketplace where we can, we can, if we need to buy more gold, we can go directly into the marketplace to buy. And if we need to sell, we can sell. And that marketplace is, is enormous the daily turnover of the London marketplace for, for gold is in the neighborhood of 40 to $50 billion per day. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and in fact, the entire gold market, when we count um, what's happening in China and India and London and New York and Chicago, the annual turnover or the daily turnover of, of gold um, is in the neighborhood of 160 to $200 billion per day. It makes mm -hmm. it the fifth largest currency in the world if we were going to count it as a currency. So the dollar is number one, um, euro is number two, uh, yen is number three, and sterling 
um, is number four. Sterling trades about $240 billion per day. So gold is, is only a little bit behind that. But note that I well, did not mention in terms of cross-border transactions, global turnover, I didn't mention the Chinese renminbi or Indian rupee or any other currencies. And there's 174 other currencies, 175 other currencies mm -hmm. that are not in, um, that I didn't mention. And that's because gold is one of the, as I say, one of the most actively traded instruments in the world. So we're leveraging that marketplace. So you always have liquidity and ease of access um, that mm -hmm. you can uh, exit uh, or you could buy, which of course is another important differentiator to something like tokens or stable coins, because mm -hmm. again, there you're buying those instruments. You're not actually buying the physical product itself, which is what you're doing with Gilded. Right. Fascinating. I mean, uh, this entire segment uh, and the sheer number, I mean, <laughs> uh, it's mind blowing. So Ashraf, uh, moving on. So uh, how difficult or easy it was to set up the, from technology perspective, uh, the entire application, uh, blockchain integration. I mean, what sort of challenges you faced initially and how did you sort of overcome those? Yeah, now that I look back, um, I think there was there was uh, there was there was a lot of pain um, in in doing some of these things. Um, there's a lot of regulatory components to it, making sure that um, we're legally compliant in the different places that we operate. So right now we have more uh, over 14 law firms across the world, uh, multiple firms in India, multiple firms in. In, um, in Switzerland, in, in Jersey Channel Islands, in the United Kingdom, in the United States, in the Middle East. So we have law, major law firms um, that we use. Um, some of these are the biggest law firms in, in not only in the world, but in each of their respective countries. So that was very important. Um, of course, the technology challenge is, is complex when you're um, you know, building an app these days, of course, is not that challenging, but connecting all the different pieces in terms of APIs for payments and being able to accept payments, make payments, all of these things, move those funds across the world and ultimately into Switzerland to acquire the gold directly from the Swiss refineries, all was complicated. And, and you know, we had some missteps along the way as any organization does when you mm -hmm. first start, but uh, we were able to persevere and we were able to fix those things that we did wrong and, and get them right and, and make them better and faster and more efficient. And we're trying to do that every day. You know, um, we're in 12 different countries today. So we're in India, obviously, which is where our first started. Initially, we started under the label Digital Swiss Gold, and then now we've uh, rebranded to Gilded, which is the, the, uh, um, the name that we use uh, globally. Um, and uh, now we're in Southeast Asia, we're in the Middle East, we're in Turkey, we're in the United States. As an organization, we have grown too. We're over 100 people across the world in eight different countries, 12 different states in the United States. Um, and, uh, you know, we expect to continue. We're, we're continuing to grow. We're very well funded. Um, we have multiple years of runway to do what we're, we're doing. So, so I think we're in a quite a good position um, you know, many years from when I started this. And, and I think I've been able to, you know, have the good fortune of the experiences of starting two separate companies, 
One during mm -hmm. the great financial crisis, that be, both of which became successful, and then also running big businesses in a large organization. So both of those experiences, I think, have really helped me. Uh, and then, of course, I think we've been able to build a great team of experienced people. We have a lot of people from ex-Swiss uh, Bank Corp and UBS. We have a lot of people from Google and Apple and Facebook who have helped design the product. So we've really uh, leveraged some really great, talented people who are um, highly skilled in their um, particular area or domain of expertise. And mm -hmm. uh, I think all of those are important when you're trying to build a great product and put something in front of clients. And so I think all of those have really helped us get to the point that we are today. And, uh, and I'm excited about the future, of course. Mm -hmm. And Ashraf, from your perspective, what's your vision uh, in this space? I mean, one thing we talked about was in terms of um, providing value-added service in terms of it could be, uh, can you take loan against the digital gold? I mean, how do you see this particular segment evolving or what is your ultimate goal, goal uh, in terms of uh, digital gold? Well, so I, 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 my, my goal is very simple. It's to make that physical gold functional. And, and, and therefore, I want to make it you know, digital, mobile, and usable, um, which I've talked about a few times. And mm -hmm. what that really means to me is that I want it to be able to operate just like money in some sense, but the better version of it because it's not controlled by governments and it doesn't, you, know, you don't have the devaluation risk and all of that. But I want it to be able to be used in, in the way that you want to use it. So if you want to buy it and hold it, we should be able to do that. If you want to send it or gift it to somebody because it's your title or your property, you should be able to do that. Because gold is, again, it's not money. It's your asset. It's a good. Um, and if you want to be able to do other things with it, such as take a loan, et cetera, you should be able to do that. So giving you all that functionality is what I'm really aiming for. And, I, and I'm kind of reminded of sort of the history of India in some of its uh, evolution over the last 50 years. So there was a time which, uh, you know, in the 60s and 70s where landlines in India were very, very rare. Very, very few people had them, only people who were really, really wealthy. Um, but over the last, you know, 40, 50 years, India has moved very rapidly into the mobile economy by virtue of the fact that now mobile services and telecommunications are readily available and, and, and pretty much most Indians now have access to either a smartphone or mobile phone today. Mm -hmm. And India never really had landlines. It just jumped and skipped into the 21st century very rapidly. I think the same has happened in India with digital, in, with digital money um, in that um, over the last 10 years, um, Indians, you know, of course, uh, for had a long history, of course, of holding money at home and not in a bank, um, holding gold at home, not in a bank or in a uh, vault or something like that. And uh, that's already happening, of course, with money, as we know, is that mo money in India has become more and more mobile and digital. You can, um, through the UPI network, you can move it uh, basically almost instantly and mm -hmm. probably only China is ahead of India in terms of that uh, ability to do so. I'd say India is well ahead of the United States. But India has not gotten there with gold. Gold is still physically held. And Indians own well over uh, a trillion and a half dollars worth of gold. But they hold it in their house. They hold it in, 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 in a safe deposit box, etc. And so these are 
this is gold that is not functional. And of course, when they hold it in your house, there's the risk that somebody, if somebody comes in, if somebody steals it or things like that, you can't protect it. And and then there's the complication of being able to do things with it. It's expensive to move and and safeguard and to sell and all of these things. So, so we can provide that in a nice, easy way through the mobile app. And so it's really about bringing that 21st century technology that's already happening with uh, money into gold. Do you plan to uh, provide a service also wherein physical gold can be converted into digital? <laughs> well, it's a great idea, isn't it? Um, the, the, the challenge, of course, is, is um, you know, unfortunately, India has this challenge, which is that because in its history, it's never really had hallmarking mm. as a requirement. Yeah. There's a problem, which is, unfortunately, a lot of people, the gold that they own isn't real gold. And this is a common thing. I think you, you're well aware of this. This happens quite a lot um, mm -hmm. where people find out that the gold that they thought was 24 carat is actually 20 carat or 16 carat or worse yet, you know, 10 or 12 carat. Um, so that's that's unfortunate, but it's the reality of what is happening in India. Um, you know, the good news, of course, in Switzerland is there's none of that. It's very, very tightly controlled and it's a, a it's a federal jailable offense you know, if you uh, misstate that. So, you know, if it's Swiss gold, and that's one of the reasons Swiss gold is so important across the world, where even this little tiny country with only eight, eight and a half million people, 40% of the gold that's refined comes through Switzerland. But it's because it's considered of the highest standard. And it's with certainty that it is what they say it is. And of course, it's independently verified and certified and all of that. And so that's the one thing that is very important. And then we, that's something that we want to bring to, to people is that you have that certainty that it's exactly what you uh, want it to be and you believe it to be and what they tell you it is, which is that it's fully certified, 100%, 24 karat, 99.99% pure gold. Um, so that's, that's important. Um, wonderful. Um, wonderful, Ashraf. I think it was really fascinating to understand this entire segment and, and you come from create, uh, you have the domain expertise definitely. Um, so my one last final question for you. So uh, looking back, looking back at your journey uh, uh, when you started Gilded. So what is one or two things, you know, um, you wish. So for example, um, if you were to start again, um, what are these couple of things you wish uh, you could have done differently. Sure. So I think uh, <clears throat> I think we all make mistakes along the journey. Um, that in hindsight or in retrospect, if we if we had a great looking glass um, mm. that we could uh, fix. So um, I think we've been pretty fortunate. We've made relatively few, but we we have made some and. I think some of them are you there. So in, in, in my case for Gilded, I think it would be that we we might have had more technologists in the early days um, and we might have chosen some firms a little differently than we did. Uh, we do a lot of work with some uh, number of firms in India today who have served us extremely well. So actually the Gilded product is um, is largely created in India by Indian developers. And, and so I'm quite proud of that, that, you know, I am ultimately, I am an Indian. I, I did grow up in the U S and we have a lot of people in the U S but we have 
um, as many people in India as we do in the U.S. So I'm pretty proud of that. Um, and we didn't make that decision initially. We used uh, some U.S.-based firms, and that was a mistake. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm quite willing to admit that. And, and in the end, I, I made the decision that we would develop the product largely in India, and I was pre I'm pretty happy that we did. And we continue to do that. We serve, we service the product from there, and and uh, so I'm I'm quite proud of that. We do it now in more and more locations, of course, but uh, but still we have more people in India as developers and supporting the the product. So uh, so I'm I'm proud of that. The other thing I think I'm proud of is. Um, <clears throat> And it's less of about a mistake is that I think uh, I, 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 the value proposition. So we've talked about a lot of things. The one thing we didn't mention and you didn't ask me, but I should mention is that right now, today, we are the lowest cost provider of digital gold in India. So we're averaging on it uh, typically around five to seven percent cheaper than any of the other competitors that are out there. Um, and of course, you can do it 24 seven. Um, and so that's that's a very powerful statement, too, which is something that we, we wrestled with, um, you know, early on is the correct, correct pricing. And so I'm, I'm quite proud of the fact that we're able to offer the best pricing for the best product. And uh, and that's, I think, a value add. And, um, you know, that's uh, that's important. Um, but that's that's I think, you know, your question was, what were the learnings? What were the mistakes? And I think that's that's what it's about. Um, I think it's really about how we develop that product, how we price that product and how we made it available. And I think we were able to iterate and find the right balance, you know, make a lot of it um, happen in India, make sure that the pricing is the most competitive, in fact, the lowest of any of the competitors out there and give you the best product available in, in the marketplace on a 24-7 basis. And so that's really what I think gold, uh, Gilded is about, making gold functional and then making sure that that gold is digital, mobile, and usable. Great. Um, thanks a lot, Ashra, for uh, in-depth and insightful comments. Uh, really, I think uh, I personally learned a lot today and enjoyed our conversation thoroughly. And wish you really all the best. Uh, hope uh, uh, you achieve new heights and scale the business. Uh, thank you so much for, uh, again, for your time. Thank you, Ashish. Enjoyed being on the program. and. Uh... Thank you for listening. We will be back with another episode of Blitz Business. Stay tuned.